So this comes from Philippians 4, 4 to 8. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Well, today we are beginning a brand new series on called Focus. Um, and so we're going to be talking about the things that we, we think on, the things that can change the way that we understand what's going on around us. Um, and, and, and the thing is, you see it, some people uh, are naturally optimistic people, some people are naturally pessimistic people, but sometimes we can feed either one. Like, um, and um, there's, a, there's an old story, I won't explain it all of about, but like there was these two children who had had a whole range of, of, of different way of looking at the world. And one kid got everything and but then goes, always saw the bad things. We've got all these good gifts and go, oh, someone's going to steal them off me. And they, they were upset that they got good gifts. And this one girl, she got a pile of manure in, in her in the barn and she goes, and she was so happy. And everyone's going, Why is if there's that much manure, there must be a pony somewhere. Um, but oh, I want to tell you, but when I finished high school, I um, – for about, oh, it must have been about 11 months, I worked in an ice cream factory uh, in Toowoomba. So, you know, home ice cream? I worked in the factory that makes those. They made other things, but the factory was called Pixie Ice Cream. And and so um, I'd get up and ride to work each morning. And primarily to begin with, I worked on one machine. And so there was, and there was basically four different jobs on a machine plus the supervisor. And so one of them was like a, all the, all the um, ice box would get packed into the box and someone would be at the end sort of taping that up. So you'd have two people packing boxes, one person taping, and, and you had one person on what they called sticks. That person, um, so you had this huge, so, so imagine I'm sitting here, right in front of me there's a conveyor belt of all the ice creams that have been frozen with the sticks in, and you've got to make sure they stay sort of in the, in the line so when it goes to the wrapping, they all go in properly, otherwise it all gets ripped up. So they'd be going through, all sort of um, saying, if, they, if one was sort of bumped out of place, you'd put it back in. And so you keep an eye on that. But then behind you, there was a big round sort of um, sort of rotating drum. And in that, what what would happen? Um, they would have this one arm to begin with, where it would squirt the ice cream in, or whatever. What it could be like, just water ice. It could be something else. It would squirt that in. It would then freeze, it'd cool, it would cool for a few sort of rotations and then they'd put the sticks in um, and that way it would sort of stay like that for a period of time and then and so then it would go all the way around freezing more solidly and then it would get to the point where um, there would be a machine come down and grab the sticks out and they'd get put into the machine and then they'd run past it. So I had to keep an eye on both those things. The thing was, if you didn't focus all the time, and sometimes even when you were fully concentrating, because most of the time the machine went fine. And so I'd spend two hours on that, have a break, and then another two hours on that, have a break, another two hours. And so it, it, was, it wasn't an exciting job. Like, um, 
And it was one of those things that, like, it, it just kept on going. And you were in a position where you couldn't really talk to other people because um, you had to sort of stay concentrating what you're doing. Anyway, every now and again, the machine that would go down to grab the sticks would uh, be in a position where it would just miss. It, the stick might have been off by a little bit. And so it would break the stick or something else. And so you had to then quickly sort of reach around or under this machine while they're still going down to try and get these, like, ice creams out. Um, because if it if it if you didn't get it out in this probably a period of about 30 to 40 seconds, it would then fill up again, and so the ice cream would go all over and, and make a big mess. And so, so sometimes it, that you might have had three go wrong all at once, and and the inner the inner circle was hardest to get to because, yeah, to get your arm in there, there was a lot more sort of risk of of getting it squashed. But you had to stay focused. And on those times that you daydreamed a little bit, on those times that, like, yeah, you just were trying to pay attention or you're looking at your watch going, okay, only one hour and 55 minutes to go to my break. Um, all those kinds of things. Yeah, it didn't take much for something to go wrong. And when it went really wrong, they had to stop the machine, fix it. Like, and, again, not for a long period, but get all the, the, the wrong sort of sticks out, the ice creams out and then get it going again. But every time it stopped, it stopped production. And so it was a job that was focus was important to keep it happening. Um, and sometimes when we are, are focusing, like it doesn't take too much to distract us these days. What, what are some things that can distract us? Mobile phone. Like, what was that? Children. Yes. If you don't know what that feels like, I have four that you can borrow. Uh, Long-term leases are available. So, um, parents. Yeah. See, I, I, see I, the thing is, mate, see, I've got the microphone here. See, parents don't distract you, distract you. They ask you to do what you should have already done. So, have you done that job already? Oh, am I distracting you from that computer game that you are playing? Um, so it's, it's not quite the same, but I'll, I'll give you that to a point. Like there's, there's a whole range of things like, um, like you get junk mail in the, and it's meant to, like things are meant to attract our attention. Um, but sometimes it comes down to the discipline of what we focus on. But then we take that next step with what we're doing is that like we can get to a point where if we're not focusing fully on what God is wanting us to do, or where God wants us to be, all of a sudden we get to a place where we can actually let our, our, our focus, our perspective, our, our thoughts drift on things that may be not going to plan. And, and you know what? Life is going to be full of things that you can complain about, and full of things you complain about. In fact, like um, it's, it's one of these things that like what, what, are our, that what do old people get known as? Like... Cranky old people, because they're always going, oh, back in my day. But the thing is, at the same time, now, I'm not, I'm not picking on, on our lot, because the thing is, you can choose. See, some people become cranky old people well and truly before they're old, too. Um, they start early. But, 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 but. And so Robin's drawing attention to that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So. So at the moment, we've got people dobbing each other left, right and centre. They're going, okay, anyone else want to volunteer someone? Who else is negative? Like, so, 
Okay, a different sermon is happening now. Like, um, okay, let's just change tack here and let's just talk about judging one another. Um, but it's really easy to to drift into this place. And and again, but what I'm what I'm saying is that I'm not not picking on our our old people because again, from what I see, they choose to focus on the good. And and, and there's a, such a difference, like. There are some old people I know who, like my granddad was one of them. He was a cranky old man when he was a young man. And so he, could, he could, couldn't see the good in things. But then I've known people that, like, have lived a life of struggle and challenge and they'll come up to you and go, oh, do you know what happened to me this way? And they'll just tell this great story of what God has done. And I'm going, I'm going. If that was me, I, I, I think I would have. I would have sort of got into that cranky area. I would have. I would have gone there. And so it becomes a choice on what we we focus on. But sometimes because because our focus is on things like we maybe we start slightly drifting down. We don't actually realise the choices we're making. And so we need to bring it back. We need to discipline our minds to be able to focus in a way that actually makes that difference and makes that change for us. Um, our focus has the potential to influence our faith. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to allow God to influence our focus in a positive way. And it may require some rewiring, but trust me when I say it, it will be worth it. And so as we kick off, um, like if you, if you don't have Philippians 4 highlighted to the max in your Bible, Go read it this week and do so. I'm just going to revisit Philippians 4, 8 right now. And it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, it's, it's a nice thought. God, that's a nice thought. If we can sort of get to a place where we can focus on on the good and like have a positive and this is where people go oh that's just positive thinking i'm going well it's actually more than that it actually talks about what we feed into our minds and so if we choose to watch stuff that is negative negative it doesn't take too much to to grab our hearts our minds our attitudes and we start thinking that way as well um it comes down to even the music that we listen to like if you listen to music that speaks has like really negative ways of speaking about like men or women or, or different things like that. Or it almost like some songs we can listen to talk about pride and, and how pride is, is a good thing to have. Like I'm, I'm so good. And I'm going, well, that, that's probably not something good to be filling your mind with. Um, and so Paul mentions a few different words in this single verse when telling us what to think about, all which could be defined as good. How's that? There we go. I'm back. I'm going to go back to the start and start now. Everyone's thinking those negative thoughts straight away. But when it comes to like teaching kids, you, you do need to teach them like what is right and wrong. You, you do need to teach kids how to share because naturally they just want what they want. And, and again, that's, it's not that our, our kids are faulty. They're like everyone else because they're born with a sin nature. Um, they they want the things that they want. Um, you need to um, you need to teach people not to be greedy. You need to teach people how to be respectful. 
Um, you need to te teach your kids how to, um, um, uh, yeah, like take turns and doing different things and, and how certain certain words are not okay to say in different places and, and um, all, all those kinds of things that you need to actively teach. And as, as your children grow older, you have those different conversations. And so we actually need to recognise the wrong. And oftentimes when we are thinking we are... Um, we're subconsciously having a dialogue with ourselves. Um, naturally, many of our thoughts revolve around us, some good and some bad. And if we don't know how to point out something that is wrong in the, in the world around us or in the conversations we're involved in, we also have a practice, we practice this with ourselves. If we want to see our negative thoughts emptied out of our minds, we have to be willing to focus on them when they come into our heads. And you see, the Bible gives us categories. Um, even in this one verse in Philippians um, that shows us what a positive thought looks like, the way we recognize the negative thoughts includes filtering them through these categories. Um, and we see this in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. I, I believe God. Desires, desire is not just to use words to encourage others, but also to encourage us. The truth is, when we naturally place our focus on things, um, is that we naturally place our focus on things that distract us. And this is why things today, like social media, um, has the potential of such a large distraction. Um, they're coming up with new ways to grab our attention. Um, they are finding new ways to to keep us focused on our phones or focus on the news or focus on something else. Um, if you've been searching for a sense of peace lately, the root issue may be very well with what is coming in and out of your mind. If you want to get your peace back, maybe, just, maybe just may, it, it just has to start with recognising what is stolen in the first place. Therefore, once you have recognised the negative thoughts, you have to follow with the second step, which is to rediscover the replacement. So we've got to recognise what's, what's wrong going on in our heads and then rediscover the replacement. These are countless times in Scripture where we get the sense, we get the sense Jesus does not just desire to take some things away from us, like sins and struggles in our life. Like sometimes we, we think about that as Christians, go, oh, all I've got to do is get cleaned up a bit and then I'm all good and I'll go back to living the life the way I want. But no, it's more than that. Um, it, it, it comes down to our thought process as well. God desires not for us to be weighed down by our negative or unhealthy thoughts. Instead, he wants us to meditate on the positive things mentioned by Paul in Philippians 4.8. Well, how do we do this? Um, again, another, another passage, like this is one of the first chapters I think I ever, ever memorized when I was a teenager, Psalm 1. And, um, and so it, it sort of kind of steps through this process of, of what you need to do to follow God. And, and, and the second part of, of verse 2, it says, delight in the law, of, uh, the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And sometimes we, we, when we hear the word the law of the Lord, we think, oh, that's the Ten Commandments. Um, how, how much do I need to meditate on that? Well, it's actually more than that. The law of the Lord, it, it kind of applies to all of Scripture. Um, and the good things listed by Paul and Philippians only come through knowing the Word of God. Um, there are so many incredible stories uh, and teaching in this book of the Bible that will influence the way we think day to day. Um, 
whatever we immerse ourselves in in the most will eventually come out of us. This is why I firmly believe meditation leads to transformation. And Paul talks about this concept elsewhere in the New Testament. In Romans 12, 2, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The replacement God wants to, uh, wants to make for your negative thoughts are positive ones. The deciding factor in that question is time spent meditating on God's word, allowing him to transform you day by day. So my question is, what is your Bible habit? How, how do you get engaged with God's word? Uh, and, and the thing is, and I, like this, you can only answer this yourself because, one, if you look at your life honestly and go, do you know what? I get into the Bible once a week. I know where my Bible is, sort of. Or I, I kind of listen to Pastor Keith talk about the Bible at church on Sunday. Like none of those, none of those things sound like there's an active involvement of filling that with your life. And, and the thing is, while you're saying those things, what other things are you filling your life with? I spent three hours watching TV show today. I binged it. I got, I got through a whole season. Okay, so you've got a season of TV into you and did you get five minutes in God's Word? Oh, no, because I had, I had to watch the TV show because I had to learn from it so I could fill my life with all the good stuff that show has for me so I could live a life free from sin and full of purpose and hope. That, I second that the Bible does that, not the TV show. It might be how much time do you spend um, um, like yeah, on social media or flicking through Facebook and hopefully you're going to find something that's worth looking at or flicking through the TV show or, okay, not wanting to, to leave people that are not sort of tech friendly. Sometimes we sit a bit with our friends and we'll talk and complain about anything that we can imagine. Oh, I get caught in that. If, if you've got something wrong going on in your life, you want to sort of go, you do want to bring it to, you want people to know about it so they can feel your pain and, 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 and then you listen. And then like we're kind of almost trying to outdo with each other with how bad my life is today. Today's, today's podcast is about whose life is worse. Uh, it will take the next three hours of your time, but it'll be well worth it because you'll be full of joy at the end of it. No, it won't be full of joy. You, of course you won't be. And again, the thing is we place such a weight on, on things that don't bring us that positive thought, that, that uh, overcoming thought, and we put so much time into the things that will often bring us to a place which is not doing. So what is your Bible habit? What are you committed to doing? If you need to meditate, and, and meditate is more than just read. Meditate is taking the time to let it sort of sink into your life, let it be absorbed in, and, and, and sort of knowing the, I suppose, that overwhelming um, sort of movement of God in your life. It's not just about adding information. It's letting God work through it uh, and letting his spirit work through what you're reading. When we discover knowing God's word is the key to finding the good thing that Paul talks about in Philippians, we should be willing to, to take those things um, on board. However, this is not just the end of the process. We as humans have a tendency to get comfortable in our progress and eventually take steps backwards. And this leads us to the final step in the process, accumulate accountability. Accumulate accountability. 
if if there is one thing I know about the body of Christ is that we are not meant to do life all by ourselves. God has gifted us with brothers and sisters, which Paul talks about in Philippians, to hold us accountable in areas in which we are seeking to grow. How do we go about entering into accountability relations with someone who is close to us? I've been fortunate over years to have a number of people that have had maybe mentoring roles in my life, have had roles in my life where they are a, a great Christian friend um, and and even people that I've respected who have spoken into my life at times. But part of that is almost giving permission for that person to speak into our life. Because who here likes to hear something bad about themselves? Like none of you. Oh, and, and the thing is, so like, if, if we are being a jerk and someone comes up and calls us a jerk, like, I, and we may not say this, but the default thing in, in, well, no, you are. Like, we go back to that childish insult going, well, yeah, and when we say something bad about them in our head and, like, we might smile and grin and bear it, but we straight away we, we, we miss what they're saying. And, again, when we give someone permission to speak into our lives, when we, when we have that kind of relationship with people around us, all of a sudden we're saying we trust you. We believe that they care about us. Like, yeah, don't, if there's someone that you don't get on with, don't give them permission to speak into your life because, like, okay, well, do you want to get started now? I've already got a list going. Like, um, you don't want that person. But if you've got a person that generally loves you as a, as a brother or sister in Christ, as someone that, like, you respect their, their opinion and you, and you give them ability, then, then hear what they say to you. Like, again, yeah, come and have your, your, your debrief moment with them and go, hey, it sounds like this is really tough for you. Have you thought about maybe you're not doing the right thing about this? And you go, haven't you been listening to my story? It's about everyone else. This is not about me. I'm a saint in my story. And they go, oh, it doesn't sound like you're a saint in your story. It sounds like you were ABC and maybe you need to look at that. And all of a sudden you go, or hopefully you, if, you, if you're picking them someone as someone who can be that accountable person to you, you will hear what they say and go, yeah, I need to go pray about that. I, know, I might need to sort of go forgive someone or, or ask for forgiveness. Um, and entering into accountability, uh, um, it requires honesty. It, it, you can't sort of pretend your way through it and, and expect that change. And so these people will become people that will, again, want to see your best moving forward with Christ. And so that becomes a great person to have around you. Um, so focusing on good things, and uh, Paul speaks about, requires a deep dive into the Bible. You'll start to see amazing things that God desires for you when you allow him to transform you step by step. And you're, you first have to recognize the wrong negative thoughts coming in and going out. And once you do, you can start to allow God to replace them with something better. Now, again, do this in a process. Like, don't sort of read a book and go, I've got to, like, going, these 50,000 things you can do to improve your life with God. And you try and do all of them and you fail at all of them. Like, hey, it might be, I, it might be just one area of your life and going, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I think about this. And so, and, and then bring in this accountability step as a key of maintaining this form of transla- transformation. So this, this coming week, I'm, I'm going to give you, I suppose, a, a few steps that you can take. 
um, this coming week, schedule a regular time to read the Bible. Now, if you're a morning person, get up in the morning and read it. Before you look on Facebook, before you do other things, before you do other things. And it might mean that you've got to push your alarm clock 15 minutes earlier. Um, if you want to be really smart about it, like, again, you can listen to the Bible. So if you have to drive half an hour for work someday, and maybe dr your drive to work is the time where the negative thoughts come in because of the other people on the road. And so it, you can replace that straight away with God's thoughts coming into your mind. But make a scheduled, regular time. Like, don't just squeeze it in. I, I, I've, I've been there, done that, where you kind of go, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and, and you squeeze it in between this and that, and it's not, it's not even valued where you squeeze it into then. It might be you might want to do the last thing you do before going to bed. Okay, well, then you need to then maybe turn the TV up earlier or, or stop. If you're up late working, you need to stop working earlier so you can give that time to God. Regular time to read the Bible. Along with reading, it takes some time to journal and write down some specific negative thoughts you had running through your mind. Like you might even want to start by praying God, like along with what David said in, in Psalm, um, the Psalms like, Lord, reveal any wicked way in me. Lord, reveal any negative thoughts that I'm having at the moment. These could be thoughts about your work, your, your family, your friends, your kids, God, the church. The list could go on. And finally, commit to meeting with a close friend or mentor to discuss what you've been reading and learning. Pray with them and ask them to help you identify any negativity or blind spots in your life. That's a, that's a big call because we've all got it together and none of us are negative. We're all, we're all going okay. So this is something where we can sort of say to people, hey, this is my struggle um, and I appreciate, um, I appreciate your input. I appreciate the fact that you're praying for me about it. And as I said in the beginning, this may require some rewiring, but trust me when I say it will be worth it. If we can shift our, point, our focus from dwelling on all the negativity because that's the thing, at times there are days where we just we wake up and go, the world is a messed up place and we can't, because of the way that we've wired our brains, we can't see the good or more than importantly, the God who is at work. Let's just take some time to pray. Lord, I, I've been guilty of, of on many occasions of simply just not paying attention to what, kind of thoughts you are taking uh, that are taking up space in my mind. Um, some of them are good, but often I find myself thinking about um, negative things towards myself and others, um, people around me. I pray that you would you would forgive me. For, um, and as we as we start to focus on you and 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 your good things, um, you we would be trusting you to transform us renew our minds, rewire our minds so that we can see that you're good at work at all times around us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.